1: The Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kids' best summer yet at St. Louis University.
0: Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Well, happy National Pancake Day, Amy.
2: Yeah, so he comes into the office today, he being Chris Ranji, and says, it's National Pancake Day. I'm like, oh, awesome. He's like, yep, it's National Pancake Day. Are there pancakes? Nope. No. He goes. No. I saw it on the TV.
0: It's on the TV. <laughs> like
2: you don't, you don't walk into an it office at nine o'clock in the morning and say it's National Pancake Day, all excited. Did you
0: think I was bringing them in?
2: Well, I thought somebody brought them in. I
0: didn't know until I saw that's it on the how TV. I, well,
2: that's how I thought you knew that it was National Pancake Day is that you saw a bunch of pancakes on the counter.
0: You know, everybody calls it the TV instead of the TV. Old people. It's weird, isn't it? Do you? Um, it isn't. No, I say TV. It's National Pancake Day. There are two National Pancake Days. There's the IHOP has its own and it's a moving date. Mm. Yeah, right? Yeah. And then there's this one, February 26th. Do you know what also is today? What? This one is great and I never knew it existed until two hours ago. National Public Sleeping Day. (laughs) On February, I think I said February 26th, but February 28th national public sleeping day if you're tired on february 28th it might be because national public <laughs> sleeping day encourages a midday nap right
2: where you are <laughs> i could do that i'm down with that
0: yeah uh, a <clears throat> great day for anyone to take a nap on a blanket at the beach at the park in the movie theater on a bus wow. train or subway or any other public space that may work for you
2: yeah well do not sleep in the lobby of a hotel Because the police will come and wake you up and escort you out.
0: And they also do not recommend taking a nap at your desk during work.
2: Oh, well, that's when I was going to do it. Why would you celebrate that day if that's not when you're going to take a nap? Well, Well, I don't know why uh, they do that to us. National Pancake Day does remind me of the show Schitt's Creek, when Alexis is is the daughter and the dad comes in and said, we need to do something. It's your mom's birthday today. She goes, mm, no, mom's birthday is the second Sunday of May. And he said, no, that's Mother's Day. And she says, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> Just funny. her persistence that her mom's birthday was the second Sunday in May.
0: You know, we celebrated today the Michigan primary.
1: I think if you're sitting in the White House, you have to be concerned. Uh, Biden won Michigan by about 100,000 votes, maybe a little bit more in 2020. Um, and when you have 13 percent of the Democrats in Michigan say no, you know, not not happy, um, that's, that's it. has to be concerning. Now, I think the White House is is heartened that they have six or seven, eight months to to reach out to these groups. And try to you know reestablish ties, but uh, but again you know of course the issue that animated these people is the war in Gaza, um, what they believe has been the White House's fairly um, unnuanced, uncritical support of Israel.
0: John Shaw, the director of the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute at SIU Carbondale, visiting with us today, mm-hmm. and uh, Biden ended up with eighty one point one percent of the vote in the primary, uncommitted. Ended up with 13.3. Now, that is um, about 2 to 3% higher than Barack Obama in 2012. There were um, over 10% uncommitted in that. So and it's we talked a, about the raw numbers. Yeah. yeah,
2: we talked about the raw numbers for Obama that was about 20,000 uncommitted for Joe Biden yesterday it was more than 101,000. And again we talked about the large population of Arab Americans in Michigan and many of them are rallying along with Rashida Tlaib against the Biden administration's approach to the conflict between Israel and Hamas. And that's a Here's the thing like you said it's it's not numbers that should make you Freak out. They're not panic inducing, but it's not the numbers themselves. It's not the raw numbers that I think is causing concern for the Democratic Party. It's what happened in 2016 with Hillary Clinton and the mistakes that she made that cost her a small number of votes that cost her the election in 2016. So it's that history in conjunction with the numbers, the levels of uncommitted Democrats in Michigan that's concerning. The administration.
0: Yeah, I don't know how big of a deal it's going to be six months from now. Right now, these protest votes are happening, Um, but when, as I've said before, when rubber hits the road, I don't, I don't think people are necessarily going to sit this out because they're going to to see what their choices are. And if you're an Arab American, or if you're somebody who's concerned about. Palestine, You're concerned about the Palestinians in Gaza. You have to make a decision. Do you think Trump is going to be better for them? Or is the current president going to be better for them? So when the decision has to be made, I'm not sure that yesterday matters as much. We'll see. I could be totally wrong about that. Um, The cicadas are coming, Amy. And they're going to kill us all.
3: So we have Brood 13 and Brood 19 that are emerging this year. They will not all be coming out at the same place or time. So here in Missouri, we're going to be seeing brood 19 come out in late April or May. Um, And then in northern Illinois and some of those surrounding areas up there, they will see brood 13. And There's that, a possibility there could be a bit of an overlap, but right. mostly we're just going to
2: see brood 19 That's here.
0: Dr. Tamra Rial, uh, also known as Dr. Bug from Mizzou.
2: And it was 1803, as we mentioned. It, that was the last year that the two broods emerged at the same time. And I may have suggested that in 1803, the abundance... And noise and chaos of the cicadas, of the two broods emerging at the same time. That was the catalyst for Napoleon to sell the Louisiana Purchase to the United States.
0: Because all those bugs?
2: Yeah, because there were so many cicadas, he thought, I'm not going to do this. We don't have this in France. What is this nonsense? Because it's primarily a Midwest phenomenon. And that's why he sold the purchase at such a great price to Thomas Jefferson. That probably is made up. You know, I, I don't think that's true. But it could be.
0: Isn't it true that Napoleon wasn't as short as everybody says he
2: was? That's right. That's what my... I have a, I have a friend from France. Well. <laughs> I have a friend from France, and he is adamant that Napoleon was average, if not a little tall yeah. for his time, and that he got the short moniker because the... In a British newspaper. There was a cartoon. There was a cartoon that made him, yeah, mocked him as being very short, and it stuck. So that's why you got to be careful with what cartoons are drawn about you, because apparently he was, if anything, tall for his time.
0: Also, Mitch McConnell, the Senate uh, minority leader, the Senate GOP leader, announced that he will step down from that position in November. So, to my
1: colleagues, thank you for entrusting me with our success. It's been an honor to work with each of you. There'll be plenty of time to express my gratitude in greater detail as I sprint towards the finish line, which is now in sight. I yield
0: the floor. So, um, he's still going to sp- serve out the rest of his mm-hmm. term as a senator, which ends in 2026. But as far as being the Senate uh, uh, Republican leader, he's he's out.
2: Do you? And you said you see this move as being motivated, of course a bit by age, because we know he's ailing a bit, but I would say he's ailing a lot, but I'm saying his personal motivations, do you see this as an age thing, or as the GOP, as it moves closer and closer to Trump, has left him behind?
0: Um, I think for him, it's more of a a health thing Mm -hmm. than anything else. I don't think he's in danger of losing a seat, Mm -hmm. but if you bring up Mitt Romney, there's a lot of disdain for him within the Republican uh, base. Because he's he's not because he's been very critical of of Trump mm -hmm. and they don't like that. And you can't be critical of Trump and keep your seat. So I think his is probably more influenced by politics. Am I going to win? Am I going to lose? Am I going to get primaried? That sort of thing, like Adam Kinzinger, like Liz Cheney, you know, different Congress people we've seen lose their jobs because of it.
2: And I also think Mitt Romney, when he stepped down and he said he's been in this Political position for a long time that he is getting older. Um, is he would he have been seventy eight? Mitt. Yeah. What was the age? It was it was flirting with eighty, but that he would have been older and it was time to step down. And to be completely honest, even though you could argue that Mitt Romney seems to be in far better health than Mitch McConnell or Joe Biden, that he's stepping down it, more of a normal reaction. Like the party was definitely moving beyond Mitt. Yeah. Party hated Mitt. Go live a good life, Mitt. Go enjoy your family. To me, his decision to step down if, makes sense on every If level. I don't feel
0: like I could operate within my own party any longer because it has gone so wackadoodle, I would absolutely get out.
2: And it's wackadoodle.
0: It is. It it, is. You have you have these people who've been in the party for so long saying it.
2: Mm-hmm. That it's, and, it's
0: it's just gotten out of control. And it's
2: not like it's wackadoodle and he's 45 and he wants to make a long career. This guy has served his time. Go enjoy your family.
0: We pushed back poor Jen Gaz, uh, Jen C's because she said, uh, hey, you really should take the Mitch McConnell press conference instead of talking city soccer. Mm-hmm. So we did at her request. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, we will talk about City SC and their loss last night and the beginning of the MLS season, which has just gotten underway. That is next on the Chris and Amy show on K. MOX. Restart Kowalczyk floated to the top of oh. the 18th Sviachenko got ahead. Now he gets a shot and he scores. <laughs> Roman Berkey got a piece with the fingertips, but it flutters into the side net. 60th minute. Houston up one-nothing. <laughs> That's the goal that would do it. That's it, baby. Uh unfortunately for City SC, a loss. To the Houston Dynamo last night, a game that started at like 11.30 p.m. basically, Um, but they lose. They're out of the CONCACAF uh, Champions Cup. We are joined now on the Quiver River Electric guest line this afternoon by Jen Cease, co-host of the St. Louis City Soccer Report here on KMOX. Good afternoon, Jen.
2: Good afternoon.
4: I, I appreciate the break. I can take a nap since yeah, it's nap day.
0: That's right. And <laughs> it is It is national. And thank you for uh, allowing us to preempt you for Mitch McConnell. Yep. And uh, Amy and I, yep. we don't know what CONCACAF stands for, so we have a couple of I've, guesses. I have us, an educated Tell us if guess. we're right. Amy, okay, you go first. Okay, this is
2: what I think it is, Jen. It's okay, go the, for it. Okay, CONCACAF is the competition of non-competitive athletes competing athletically. football
4: <laughs> <laughs> great guess is that correct is that right it, it's close it's so close it's okay wait, no, no no don't say it don't say it because i have wait. a guess too oh. <laughs> okay sorry sorry
0: conca calf i think it does it stand for uh, uh taking a, sh- a seashell and hitting a baby cow
4: <laughs> that's, it. Oh, that's it oh my gosh what <laughs> Of, of all the things, that's what you have. That's all I have. Yeah. Is that it? It no, no, no and it's not about the plague or the Pancakes State either. Okay.
2: Okay. All right. So what does what it stand it? for? Tell us.
4: Confedera- Confederation of North Central America and Caribbean Association Football. Ah. Uh, uh,
2: and
0: also, it doesn't matter. I don't for know us if it,
4: that's any. I don't know if Concacaf makes it any shorter.
0: Well, it doesn't matter anymore <laughs> because we're out. So yeah. City SC lost last night uh, in aggregate. Same amount of goals, but I guess because they scored on the road, they Houston gets to move on. Um, anyway, yeah. so that's stupid. So in, in last <laughs> night, in, in last night's game, um, it, it seemed like passing was an issue. It seemed like there was a whole lot of passing to nobody. What was going on?
4: Yeah, City actually had issues with that with Real Salt Lake as well. So City's never been. If you look at the stats, uh, one team versus another. City is usually, one, lower in possession rate, two, also lower in passing, which means they're very direct. They are happy to let you have the ball, and I will take it from you, and we will go score. But they were not connecting, like you just said, their passes. So from the midfield point, when you're looking to get out of defense and into offense, a lot of times those weren't, weren't connecting. And that can either be from the passer, not putting enough pace and weight on the pass and or two, we cannot forget the people who are getting past two have the job to get open and win that ball. And we could see that a, a number of times last night.
2: So they're they're great at the counterattack, like a quick turnaround, but when it comes to ball possession, that's something we didn't see a lot of last year?
4: That's right. Yeah, they tend to be a bit, like, I, I think what I'm trying to remember our sweet spot when Dale and I would talk about it, but there was this like sweet spot maybe somewhere around 60 percent ish possession rate maybe a little bit low actually no it was lower than that maybe 40 percent um so they're usually very comfortable having a lower possession rate because they're going to make it hurt when we get possession and go straight to goal very direct and so far a couple of teams have been able to kind of box city out of that and use it against them
0: so, at City SC so far, we we've seen the results. They tied the other night in their MLS debut. We know what happened with the uh, Concacaf Cup. So, three games. What have what have we seen, or what have you seen so far? Because everybody wants to compare them to the team last year that got off to that terrific start.
4: Yeah, I mean, so one, obviously, we're we're not bright and shiny and new. There's a ton of just. When you're the new kid, when you have like zero to prove but everything to show for, um, I think that that quote frees up your play a little bit. You don't, nobody expects anything of you. So you can play as free as you want and everything's pretty much gravy as long as you're halfway decent. Well, city far exceeded that i mean to the nth degree so now they're coming in and and even though all of them will talk about and they do you know we need to have realistic expectations you don't win them all um i think there is some pressure there there's some pressure there they actually haven't done bad they've got a win they've got a tie and they've got a loss three games out um the one uh, is a tie they picked up a point in the mls regular season which is where they'll stay there is like you said no more champions cup um They will not participate in Open Cup. Some of the MLS teams will not participate in that. So there may be Leagues Cup, but mostly they get to uh, focus on MLS, uh, regular season play. And they're also a little bit different. They came into the season not quite as prepared, and that has a lot to do with the transfers. I think last season, everybody was pretty much locked down in an apartment or in a home home. Uh, we still had Thomas Totlin living out of hotel as season began. He was just moving in. So there are a lot of moving pieces coming into this season, and I think that hurt.
2: Are MLS players just used to the midseason tournaments that they play in and that doesn't disrupt their their mentality, their approach to the regular season? Because when I think of the other major sports like baseball or hockey, Even something like the Olympics every four years is so disruptive, and I know players can enjoy it, but ownership struggles with it. Is that just the name of the game with MLS, that you'll have all of these midseason tournaments?
4: Well, yeah, I mean it's really the the, the nature of soccer worldwide. So it's a, it being an international sport. You know, we don't see it, of course. It, maybe maybe on the hockey side, but I don't think we see it in baseball, of course, or mm-hmm. football. You don't have simultaneous concurrent running competitions. You have only the competition. So it is a soccer deal worldwide, which is actually probably one of the reasons I can't speak for the MLS wanted to pull their first teams out of the Open Cup, which was not well received. It's the oldest national tournament uh, running in the United States so they're not going to send all the teams because of some of these issues so I think for MLS players they know it's a part of the grind um, also you have to speak about the coaching staff they know they have to just you can't just plan for a game each weekend when you're in these cups you're planning for a game on a Tuesday night at you know o dark 30 or or a Wednesday night had City won they would have not only been playing this Saturday for MLS they would have also been playing for at Wednesday for Concacaf again, and then again the following Saturday for MLS. So it's a grind, and you know I would think hockey is probably somewhat similar. It's a sport that's just brutal on the legs, of course, and lungs.
0: Jen, I asked uh, Dale, asked Joey about this. Nate Gatter, your partner on Sundays, um, about this team. Just a general overview, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it. Is this still a playoff team?
4: Yeah, I think, I think they are a playoff team. I think that Coach Carnell is not to be underestimated when it comes to the way Coach rotates. And he's quite possibly changed the face of MLS in terms of not just having the starting, quote, 11, 12, or 13. Rotating, and that ability to do that, I think will pay dividends toward the end of the season. Do I think they'll be number one at the top of the Western Conference? Maybe no. But we also know that being number one at the top of the Western Conference didn't really serve them as well as they had hoped to. They had a little bit more break. It was the seventh or the eighth place team that barely scraped its way in, like in Kansas City, that started out kind of rough in their season. And they proved up and grew over the grind. So I think when you, you there is something to be said about when you start, and it's not all goals and gravy and just greatness that it possibly makes you a better contender for the MLS finals there. So, yeah, I think they're going to be in. I think they definitely have a chance. I don't think they'll probably be the, the top team, and I think that would be okay.
0: St. Louis City Soccer Report here on KMOX on Sundays. Yes, what time?
4: Well, you know, no. So well, we're, we switch over to Thursday nights in Thursday March. Thursday nights. So, Why didn't so somebody tell me? That, that's right. So we unless something changes, you know, with, with all the sports KMOX runs, sometimes Nate and I are like, when are we on? So our first show back will be March. What is that? What is it first in March? I'm trying to look at my calendar right now. So March is it 4th fourth or se- it's March seventh? Seventh. Oh. So March seventh will be our first uh, show back, and we'll follow Sports Open Lines. We'll follow Matt Pauly and go from eight to ten and talk all things soccer.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Jen. We appreciate your time as always. Good to talk to you.
4: Thanks, you guys, and I'm not going to eat any cicadas.
2: Yeah, give it a shot. Well, no, don't do it, Jen. Jen do Cis,
0: it. uh, co-host yeah. of the St. Louis City Soccer Report, their first show. March 7th, they come back Thursday night. Hey, let's uh, tell you about your life because I know you think it sucks, but we're here to tell you oh, yeah. it is better than you think. It is. We'll tell you why next on KMOX. Every day I come into work and in aim complains about how awful her life is it's all she ever does she talks about oh everything sucks i hate this i hate that i'm getting married Uh, anyway (laughs) however no uh, it
2: only life is only bad
0: okay stop
2: when you're here and when the office smells like burning plastic
0: it did smell like burning plastic and i think we're all high still A little bit. It's the Chris and Amy show on KMOX, and it is time to go to the Quiver River electric guest line. Uh, Dr. Tally Sherritt is a professor of cognitive neuroscience at University College London and MIT, founder and director of the Effective Brain Lab. Uh, Dr. Sherritt is with us now on KMOX. We appreciate your time. How are you doing?
3: Hi, good. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thank you for being here. So just um, people, a lot of times, if you ask them how things are going, if they're being honest, they'll tell you, eh, not so great. But you believe that uh, things are a little bit better than that.
3: Well, I think the point that we're making, which we're making in our book, look again, is that there are a lot of good things that we do have in our life. Maybe you have a, a loving relationship, a comfortable home, or an interesting job, but those things, seem to have less impact on our happiness than they, that they should, right? So we do have these good things, but they don't really make us as happy or produce as much joy as we think um, they should. And we think that the reason for that, or at least one of the reasons, is what's known as habituation. So habituation is our tendency to respond less and less and less to things around us that are constant, that don't change. We kind of stop noticing these things, good and bad, um, and we have less of a response to them. So, you know, if you think about when you first met your partner, right, it was pure joy and happiness. But over time, of course, you get used to it. um, And the joy and happiness maybe is not as um, large as it was before.
2: Right. So it's that kind of excitement of something new or little things that you appreciate. You start to take them for granted in the same way that... Um, I mean, this is a very simple example, but if someone lives in Florida, lives on the beach, can go to the beach all the time, maybe starts to take that for granted, sees the beach in a different way than I would if I were to go there for vacation and dig my toes into the sand and realize how great it is.
3: Yeah. And in fact, even when you go on vacation, what um, our data shows is that when people go on vacation – the peak joy is in fact 42 hours into their vacation. 42 hours gives them the time to settle in and really focus on fun. From but that point on, their joy starts dwindling, hmm. right? And so it's not that they're not happy on day 6, 5, and 7, or 8. They're still happy, but they're not as happy as they are 43 or 42 hours in. Um, and that's and and the other interesting thing is that we ask people what was the best part of the vacation. The word that they use more than any other word is first. the first view of the ocean, the mm-hmm. first cocktail, right Firsts are new and exciting. The second view of the ocean, it's still good, but it's not as good as that first, right? The second cocktail, the third cocktail, even the fifth cocktail is good, but not as good as that as that first. So even when you go to somewhere new. It is more exciting at the beginning and brings you more joy in the beginning. And then slowly, within even a few days, you notice it less.
2: It brings you less joy. Uh, how does habituation compare, well, ironically, how, how is com- habituation different than comparison? You know the, the phrase, comparison is the thief of joy, and we're always like, oh, thinking it could be better. Habituation is totally different than that, correct? Yeah, so habituation relates
3: to um, how you respond to things that are constant or frequent. You're not necessarily comparing it to something else, Mm -hmm. right? You're just responding less because, I mean, it makes sense. Your brain has already um, processed it, right? So it it doesn't feel the need to process it again so it responds less. It's a little bit um, like you go into a room full of fresh roses. When you first enter the room, the smell is quite salient. You really notice it, right? But actually studies show that within 20 minutes, you might not even detect the smell any longer. Or a similar example, you buy a new perfume. This happens a lot and you spritz it on and you can really smell it quite, quite strongly. The second day less so. the third day less so. and months goes by. And actually most people cannot actually perceive the smell of their perfume because Neurons in the brain, in this case, it's what's known as olfactory neurons, they simply stop responding. So it's not necessarily that you're comparing either consciously or unconsciously the smell of the perfume or the roses to any other smell. Um, it's it's simply a very fundamental kind of rule that our brain goes by, which is we process things, and after a while, if they don't change, we stop processing them.
0: So what do you do if if you find yourself not... Um, enjoying these little things or not noticing, you know, you go on vacation and you come back and you're supposed to feel like, Oh gosh, I miss being home. This was great that I, that I got to come. This is my own bed and I'm happy to be here. What if you're somebody that that doesn't have that feeling that you dread coming back home and you get home from your vacation, and you think, ugh, I gotta go to work tomorrow.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, well, One um, kind of thing that that we suggest is breaking up your good experiences into smaller bits. Um, So, for example, let me give you an example of experiment that was done, and then how do we kind of apply that to our real world, to our real life? So there was an experiment that was done where people were asked to think about a song that they really like. So think about a song that you liked, and then they were asked, would you rather listen to this song from beginning to end, no interruptions, or would you rather have little breaks in the song? Every 20 or 30 seconds, I'll, I'll, there'll be a little interruption, and then you continue to listen. So it seems very intuitive. Everyone said, well, I don't want an interruption. I want to listen to the song from beginning to end, right? Makes mm-hmm. sense. But when they actually tested it, they found that those people who listened to the song with interruptions actually enjoyed it more. It's very counterintuitive. But the reason is, if you experience something Just without any interruptions, it's really good at the beginning, like the song, you really enjoyed at the beginning. And then your joy starts going down a little bit over time, you still enjoy it, but not as much. But if I break up your good experiences into bits, well, every time there is a, a break, the joy when you listen to the music comes on again, goes back up. So overall, you enjoy things more with breaks, which is not something that we kind of are conscious of. They did the same thing with massages. So people enjoyed a massage more when it had breaks than when it was no interruptions. Again, really surprising. So when it comes, for example, for to vacations, perhaps one thing that people may consider is to have more frequent and shorter vacations rather than one long ones, right? If you have these shorter, more frequent ones, then you get more of these first. You get more of these 42 or 43 um, um, hours in. And the other thing you get, and this answers your question, is you get what we call afterglows. So when people go to, to uh, for vacation, not only do they usually enjoy the vacation, they also get a boost of the joy when they come back home. They might, you know, a lot of people when they come back home, there's good things that they miss at home. But even if there isn't, you get this afterglow. You still have this kind of joy of of coming back. You also, interestingly, um, have happiness goes up before you even go on vacation because you're already anticipating the joy. So if you have lots of these uh, small vacations, you'll have more of this kind of anticipation and more of the afterglow.
2: Outside of going on vacation, what could our listeners take away from this conversation? What could they do to help break up the habituation so that they enjoy their daily life a little bit more?
3: Yeah, so there's three things. One is break up good experiences into bits. If there's something that you enjoy, maybe it's just watching a TV show, right? Don't watch all the episodes one after the other, right? Kind of favorite. Um, so break up the good experiences into bits. On the other hand, if you um, have some aversive task that you need to complete, m- maybe it's a household chore, maybe it's some ad- admin work, in fact, it will be better for you to just do it all in one go. Don't have breaks if it's something bad, because then the habituation will help you go get through the bad things, because you'll feel less and less bad over time because of habituation. Um, and then the other thing that you may want to consider is, um, introducing some variety and some diversity into your life. So if you kind of shake up your world, perhaps you um, interact with the different types of people, you work on different projects, you take a course outside of what you usually your work experiences, learn a new skill, um, this kind of diversification actually helps counter habituation and it's shown that people who have more diverse life, they have more of a psychologically richer life. Um, and actually overall experience more happiness. Um, By creating variety and diversity in our life, we're putting ourselves in a position of learning. You need to learn about the new environment that you're in, the new people you're interacting with. And studies show that people actually get a lot of joy from learning, more so than from material goods. Um, There's a study showing where people get money, they're quite happy, but in fact, they're
2: even happier when they
3: learn something new.
2: You kind of touched on this a little bit with habituation. Does it also help then with really difficult situations and help us not to feel the pain so sharply in the same way that it makes us not quite feel the enjoyment as much?
3: Yeah, so you're right. So mostly we talked so far about how you habituate to the good stuff and you feel less joy because of it, but... You also habituate to the bad stuff, right? Um, You know, if if it's um, a breakup or a loss um, and even smaller things that, you know, are difficult, even if it's just an annoying noise in the background, the AC noise. Over time, we stop kind of noticing these things as much. They don't have as much of an emotional impact on us. And so we do habituate to the bad stuff. Now, on one hand, this is great. Right We don't want to continue feeling the pain that's really strong at the beginning, right It's good that the pain goes down over time. It's good that if there's kind of a noise in the background, we habituate to it. on the other hand, it also means that we might not notice the not great things in our life that we could actually change uh, both in our life and in society. you know we habituate to a lot of things, maybe it's racism, sexism, um a little kind of like uh, breaks in our personal relationships or um, inefficiencies in the workplace, if we habituate to these things, we notice them less and then we don't try to change. So there's kind of a balance here, right? On one hand, you do want to habituate to the good stuff, uh, to the bad stuff, sorry, so you don't feel the pain. On the other hand, if there's something we can change, we actually want to be able to notice it. So we're motivated to change it.
0: That's all really good stuff. Uh, we we appreciate the conversation today, Dr. Sherritt. Um and I will. I promise I'll do better when I come into work every day to be happy that I get to see Amy. And I'll like I. I take a break every single day by going home, and then when I come back, I'll appreciate yeah, that she's right. here. Is that the point?
3: Yeah, you might also imagine your life without her. You oh. know, close your eyes, imagine oh. your life without her. Oh. I do. Really, it every... with vividness and detail, then open your eyes, and every... then you will feel gratitude. Hey,
0: I do that every night. Every <laughs> night. That's why I'm so happy to come to work. Uh, hey, Dr. Sherrett, thank you. This was fun.
3: Yeah, okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
0: Dr. Tally Sherrett, professor of cognitive neuroscience at University College London and MIT and founder and director of the Effective Brain Lab here on KMOX. That's some uh, really good stuff.
2: Yeah. That, it it's really fun. It's so interesting. It is something. I noticed it with, like, my parents' house. Um you know, if you grow up there and then you don't go for a while and then you go back, you notice little comforting, cozy yeah. things about the house um, or even where you live. Like, oh, man, I really like this. I love the park, Forest Park. You take it for granted until you're gone for a while.
0: When I'm away visiting friends, uh, it's I've noticed this does happen to me where I think back, oh, you know, I kind of miss my place. Yeah, like I do. And it's it's always a weird feeling when mm-hmm. it happens, but it, it does feel good. Yeah. That's Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji. You've got KMOX. I love a good
2: audio clip, Chris. You love audio clips? Is that what you said? I love a good audio clip. Tell me about it. last night, Sean Hannity uh, was pretty upset with President Joe Biden's proposed trip to the southern border.
0: Which is tomorrow, right?
2: I think it is tomorrow. Yeah, because
0: today's Wednesday, so it's tomorrow. Yeah.
2: And I want you to listen closely to this clip of Hannity really going after Biden for going to the border.
0: It is nothing in the case of Biden on Thursday, a cynical, sick, political stunt by the president. And frankly, it is beyond disgraceful. Now, we will be at the border with President Trump on Thursday. His policies actually work.
2: <laughs> Can you play it again? again? This is Sean Hannity talking about It
0: is nothing in the case of Biden on Thursday, a cynical, sick, political stunt by the president. And frankly, it is beyond disgraceful. Uh, we will be at the border with President Trump on Thursday. His That's policies so actually good. work.
2: It's That's kind of funny. so good. It's funny. Now, I get that before people get the all in a tizzy. Yeah, I know. It's just so good. The point that he was making Ugh. is that Joe Biden, it's a stunt yeah. to go to the border because his policies, uh, he has no policy regarding the border. Except for it's, that
0: border bill. That
2: yeah, effectively out there open to be policy. Signed. It's hypocritical of him to go there. But just... <laughs> But just the juxtaposition of him That's going so to the good. border is disgusting and disgraceful. We'll be at the border on oh Thursday with God. President Trump. <laughs> pretty funny. I know it's
0: I know it's not the same thing, but for whatever reason it it reminds me of that Philadelphia sports writer or <laughs> podcast host or something. And it was around nine oh, eleven and I think it happened within the last few years, and he's talking about what a horrible day it was nine eleven it was horrible and um. A, you know, tragic day and it was tough for everybody. You know, it's not tough. Spectrum Mobile, was that, <laughs> <but> like, what? <laughs> he went into a read to a live ad. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I got to bring that. We'll play it tomorrow. I got to find it. It's so good. That's
2: pretty good. We should do. Like smooth transitions. You like jazz? You like smooth
0: what a, jazz? What a great transition. Oh. Oh, sick political stunt to go to the border.
2: We'll be, we'll at, be at the border. border on
0: Thursday with President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke. Uh, it's Chris and Amy. Uh, everything you missed on the Odyssey app. Download it. Listen to it, baby. KMOX.com. Back with you tomorrow at 10 o'clock right here on KMOX.